Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jazzcast Pros. Welcome back to the High Vibe Table Talks. This is your host, Marshawn Hargrave, and I'm excited to dive into... The second part of our conversation with Jana Willoughby Lore from Papercraft Miracles. She is amazing. And this episode, you know, in part one, we really talked about harnessing your yes muscles and like how you use them in small instances. And this episode, we're going to get into how she used those muscles to say yes to something that was literally going to be so life-changing for not only her, but the ripple effect in her community was huge. And I can't wait for you to hear it. In this episode, we talk about Jana outsourcing her hiring for a big project. Hiring is not something that is in my zone of genius, and so that would be something that I would look to outsource. We're really grateful for our episode sponsor, L21 Solutions, that is a talent acquisition consulting company. L21 Solutions is owned by two Rochester women, Amanda and Crystal, and you can meet them at a free event on September 19th at the Pittsford Public Library. If you ever thought about creating a collaborative relationship with local universities to bring in fresh top-tier talent to your company, this event is a must-attend for you. Thank you again to L21 Solutions, and all the links to everything will be in the show notes, so definitely check those out. If you're a woman contemplating your next move, you found the perfect podcast to empower your self-growth journey. Welcome to High Vibe Table Talks, the podcast to help you, the cautiously ambitious woman, remove mental barriers and take action now so that you can achieve your high vibe desires. Uh, We're on to our part two interview with Jana. And so the overarching idea of our conversation has been when to say yes and how saying yes impacts your business. In this part of the conversation, I wanted to get into saying yes to community. I know that you're very involved with NABO, National Association for Women Business Owners. They have a chapter in Buffalo. And our first chat, we're talking about how you connected with ShiftCo and like what that did for your business. So I'd love to hear about like your thoughts on community and saying yes to like partnerships, collaborations, mentorship, things like that. 100%. I would not be where I am in business were it not for my networking <laughs> for sure. And I'm going to preface all that with saying all networking is not created equal. It is not all the same type of experience and it shouldn't be. My favorite networking group in general is NABO. Our chapter here in the Buffalo Niagara chapter of it is really and truly like a sisterhood. There are many networking experiences where you walk into the room and you have the feeling that all the people in there are saying, you know, what can you do for me? Mm -hmm. And they want something from you. And when you walk into a NABO meeting, you have the feeling like, holy crap, All I get goosebumps right now. Like all of the people in this room really and truly want to see me succeed and want to help me do that. They know what's up. They know that entrepreneurship can be very difficult and very rewarding and a struggle bus like every day, every stage of it is difficult. Like even as your business gets bigger, like it gets harder when it's, when it is successful, it gets harder than it is when it's small. 
And, you know, being in a room full of people who have such a, you know, a wide variety of experiences, but that all of the people in that room are women is really different. It's really different than, you know, general run of the mill BNI networking kind of thing, Mm -hmm. uh, especially co-ed networking. I have found that networking in a room with a bunch of dudes in it is just not my favorite place. Mm -hmm. I find as a a female entrepreneur, especially since I started my business while I was young, There are so many dudes who will just straight up be like, that's not possible. That's a stupid idea. You're never going to succeed. And who will just in general be either totally doubtful of you and not supportive at all or very threatened. Yeah. So being in a Nabo meeting (laughs) and being there with all these other women who, A, get that. (laughs) They totally (laughs) get that, but that they can lend their collective years of experience and their net, their resources and their networking. And it's, I like that it's not industry exclusive either. Not like there's a lot of people in my industry in general anywhere, but you know, I like that it's not, oh, there's a lawyer, there's already a lawyer in this group. We can't have another one, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, that just seems so disingenuous to me. And I love that Nabo is like, how can we all go up together? You know, how can mm-hmm. we work together and go to Washington, D.C. and advocate for women business owners everywhere. I just really love that. So the first NABO event that I went to, we have this big event we do once a year called Each One Reach One, which is like a progressive networking dinner. And the first time I went there, I had really been looking for a way to meet other people and learn new things about running and growing a business the way I'd wanted to for a really long time. And most of the people that I knew who were trying to sell things were other artists and artists don't know shit about money. Like, (laughs) I'm not going to lie, but they don't, like they don't No, like very few artists, you know, go to school for business or have any business sense whatsoever, let alone, you know, are feeling really comfortable about charging a lot for their art, charging what they're worth. Right. Typically, you know, capital A artists are very humble. And are like, oh, here's my art. Like it if you want, eh, you know. Right. Uh, that's not going to sell any art, like to anybody. And artists <laughs> typically don't buy art from other artists because they ain't got no money. Right. Um, so it's like, <laughs> I love artists. I get so inspired by other artists, but other artists are not my clients. You know, like those are not the people who are going to typically be buying my art. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I need to find those people who are going to be my clients or who are going to know the people that are my clients. And I walked into this NABO event and I was like, holy shit, my people are here. I remember right after that event that a friend of mine had bought me the ticket for, because I was this teeny tiny business, teeny, teeny, tiny. I think I made like $2,000 for a year. <laughs> like well, yeah. at this point, it was very small. I was home with this eight month old baby every day and trying to figure out, you know, what I can do to at least make each enough each month to cover my health insurance, which we all of a sudden had to pay for out of pocket. And after going to that first event, my friend was like, yeah, if you want to join, you know, here's the flyer. Here's how much it is for the year. And I remember looking at the price and at the time it was like $350 and then you got to pay for the dinner meeting, which, you know, as far as networking groups, it's a little pricey. Right. Mm -hmm. But I looked at it and I was like, my God, like, that's a lot. That's like a quarter of what I made last year. Right. Mm -hmm. Or just to be involved in this group. And it felt like a big risk for me at the time. Cause I was like, Oh my God, can I pay for this right now? You know, is it going to be worth it? You know, am I going to get 
not necessarily like, am I going to get jobs from this immediately? But like, you know, is this going to be useful and and helpful for me? And I was Mm -hmm. like, you know what? Worst case scenario, you know, I pay for this membership. I go to every meeting, you know, once a month, I go to these events, I join a committee, like I be active in it and I do it for a year. And if it doesn't work, I'm out 500 bucks. Yeah. You know, in the grand scheme of life, it's 500 bucks. I know for a lot of people that can be game changer, but over the course of a year, it's not that much. Like it genuinely is not that much in the society that we live in, right? It's like a week of groceries when you have kids, maybe yeah. if you're like, right? Like, right. so I said yes to that. And I had some money in my business bank account because I never paid myself from it. I was investing it all back in the business and I paid for the whole year and went to every meeting and joined a committee. I was on the membership committee and did that and went to the meetings and got to know as many people as possible. And hands down, being in Nabo is the best thing I ever did for my business. Mm. Like personally, professionally, I can't say enough about the organization. It's great. So um, if anyone is out there listening and you're not a Nabo member, you should find a chapter near you because they're all <laughs> over the place. So that's my Nabo commercial. But uh, <laughs> I also really love the fact that I was a member for like a year and they asked me if I would serve on the board after being a member for a year. At the time I was like, what? They care about what I think. They want me to kind of like have a voice in, you know, directing where we go as a chapter and what would be the best way to like help other businesses and help grow the chapter. Like they think that what I have to bring to the table is valuable as like this business owner that makes $2,000 a year. (laughs) Really? You want me on the board? So that was really awesome to have them invest in training me for leadership. And I didn't have any staff at that point. My business was so tiny. And I ended up serving two terms, two two two-year terms on the board. And in the middle of that, like became chair of the membership committee and founded a scholarship. And, And then in 2020, I founded, well, with several other members, we created a diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging task force because we were like, this is something we need to address for our chapter. And we were like, not waiting (laughs) for anyone to give us permission to do that. We're like, this, this needs to happen right now. We did that. And I'm happy to say that we have changed the face of our chapter in three years. It is so much more inclusive and we just have such a more representative leadership of the business owners that really are in this community than we did before. You know, we, we used to have issues with our, um, with our chapter kind of having this reputation as like the old white ladies club. Mm -hmm. And the people who were members were like, you know, we were like, do you want that to be our reputation or do you want to change that? And in general, most people were like, we want to change that. Mm -hmm. So we did, we made it a place now where the thing I hear most often when people come to our meetings and come to our events is, Oh my God, I want to join this right now. I feel so included. Like, what a warm welcome I get when I walk in the door. And yeah. I was like, that's, you know, that's all there is in the world, you know, <laughs> to like create spaces where people feel included and people feel supported. And, you know, that's mm-hmm. why, why would you want to operate any other way? Yeah. When you were first talking about like being in networking groups with other women, I think there's such a feminine energy around how can I support you? And like, the whole one of the reasons I called the podcast High Vibe Table Talks is because what I wanted to create was spaces where I could build bigger tables to invite more people 
to that table? You know, like how many realtors are there out there? How many wealth advisors are there out there? But as women, sometimes I think we think, well, there's so many other people who do what I do. Why me? Who am I? And I think that going to meetings like NABO, where there are other women who are like, how can I support you? How can I, who can I connect you with? How can I help you build your business? Mm -hmm. It's so powerful in finding that. And I think one of the amazing things that you did with NABO is you get out of those networking groups, what you put in and you were like, I'm going to put in a lot of energy and you got out a lot from NABO. And so I think that that's really, really amazing. Exactly. And it's just a different kind of energy when you walk into a room and people are like, who do you need me to introduce you to? Instead of how many leads can we collect? How can we track them and put them on this Mm -hmm. thing? You know, like it's, I don't know. They say that a lot of, you know, quote unquote networking groups are all about quote unquote relationship building. And some of them are, and some of them aren't, but in general, Mm -hmm. you know, NABO really is for me anyway, all about actually cultivating those relationships with people and getting to know your fellow business owners outside of their businesses, Mm -hmm. learning about their families and what their story is and what their struggle is and, and being able to, you know, when you recommend them to somebody, it's because you genuinely know about them and you know, their reputation and they know that what their business is and you know who their target market is and you know, things about them and you know, it'll be a good fit as opposed to like, it just kind of saying, Oh, I have to get certain amount of leads for my meeting every week. And then you're just yeah. like hustling out business cards. And then you become that spammy mammy that messages. Yeah. Facebook yeah. There have been like groups that I've joined and I'm like, I left feeling like every conversation I had was transactional. It wasn't relationship building. And I was like, I'm, that's not high vibe. I'm, that's not my jam, you know? Yes, exactly. So the one story that I really want to get into is saying yes to the one project that at, when you said yes to it, you did not have the capacity to do it at all. And I know you've kind of talked about how like, that is sort of like your double-edged sword. (laughs) But I think in this instance, it turned out really, really well for you. So can you tell us about that? Yes. So beginning of 2021 on my mom's birthday, which is Mm -hmm. funny because we were talking in the other episode about how people kind of have these expectations when a person you've lost their birthday or their death anniversary or whatever comes up and you have these expectations. So almost every year on my mom's birthday, weird shit happens to me. And it's not necessarily always something that seems good because my dorm burned to the ground on her birthday too. But things that changed my life happened to me on her birthday. So 2021, I'm sitting in my office wearing a mask because that was the world we live in at the time. And I get this phone call. My assistant is sitting on the couch, kind of drinking her coffee. We're getting getting our shit ready for the day. And I get this phone call and they said, would it be possible for you to make a half a million of your seed bumps by March. Mind you, my mom's birthday is January 19th. So, so from, 60 the day days. That, from the day that they called me, I had two months. And they said, would it be possible? If you've been thinking about starting a podcast and you want to include interviews with people across town, Riverside.fm offers unbelievable high-quality recordings regardless of your or your guest internet quality. And it also gives you separate audio and video tracks for each person speaking. 
And unlike Zoom, you don't have to install anything on your computer and your guests don't either. Head over to Riverside.fm and use promo code JazzyCast to get 60 free minutes of recording and 15% off a membership plan. And I kind of said out loud, oh, would it be possible for us to make half a million seed bombs by March? And my assistant is like, no, no, no. She's like mouthing at me like, no, no, pantomiming. Like, don't say yes to that. No, there's no what way was, we can do that. What was your current capacity? Like what, what was a typical production month for you at that point? It's funny because there's so many businesses that are like, oh, it's really cyclical. And every year is, you know, like January is really busy or whatever. Every single year in this business is totally different because mm-hmm. I've been working on it so much. And you know, January used to be dead season because mostly I was doing holiday orders and things like that, custom gifts. And then we started mm-hmm. doing more weddings. And then January started being busy because the people get engaged at Christmas and then it got really busy then. But but yeah, definitely definitely not half a million. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. I had two employees who each worked 10 hours a week. And I had two little kids, one of whom was three years old, and one who was five, who was in virtual school every day. So the amount of time that I actually was, you know, able to spend in my office making things was really pretty low, right? Mm -hmm. Like maybe 20 hours a week. And most of it was when it was dark, uh, when my husband was home and I was doing a lot of stuff at night. So, you know, when they're like, would it be possible? All I said was them, it depends how much money you got. Mm -hmm. And they said, well, can you send us a bid? I'm like, okay, well, I mean, I'll have to do a bunch of research and like, see what's possible as far as like, you know, getting equipment and getting materials and stuff like that. This is not a small order. So this is Friday afternoon. They called me. I literally spent like every minute between then and Monday morning, crunching numbers, doing research, calling suppliers, you know, talking to my assistants, brainstorming, trying to figure out any possible way that I could say yes to this. I, you know, told my husband about it and he was like, that sounds crazy. Like you're, you're never going to be able to do that. He was like, that's not possible. It was one of those things that he was just like, what? No. And I was like, I can't say no to this. Like, even if I freaking crash and burn, like (laughs) I have to try because I know that if I don't try my whole entire life, I'm going to be like, what would have happened if, you know, I had actually tried to do the impossible. And, you know, I want to know you're either going to jump on this shooting star. And if you miss, it's going to be a really long way to fall. And if you catch it, this ride is going to be a whole lot hotter and a whole lot faster than you ever thought it was going to be. <laughs> and that's exactly what it was. So by Monday, I had sent them the bid after crunching a bunch of numbers and making a whole bunch of samples with my staff and timing ourselves and being like, okay, well, if we know what we're doing and we can make this many in this amount of time with this amount of material for people who don't know what they're doing, let's just say they could do half that, right? Once we train them and multiply that by whatever and... I sent them the bid and I said, here's the number. If you want these, you need to say yes today. I need to have money by Wednesday because I need to hire people and buy equipment right now. If you want to have these by that day, I sent it to them on Monday by Wednesday at $150,000 in my bank account. (laughs) Insane. And I hired an outsourced HR manager also because good at networking, posted on Facebook in one of my networking groups. I was like, hey, I need someone to run HR on this big, crazy temporary job. Who you got? Uh, Found an amazing freelance HR woman. And she handled all the onboarding and communicating with the temp agency and whatnot. So I, I started posting on my Facebook, doing like those job opportunity, call for work kind of thing, saying 15 bucks an hour, you know, <laughs> temporary work. It's going to be fun. 
as long as you got two hands, come because I need you as many people as I can get. So I hired a like, I don't know, probably 25 people on my payroll. And then I had somewhere between 25 and 30 people from a temp agency at any given point in time. But over the course of the job, I had almost 70 people who I was paying to work all day, every single day from the day that we got the equipment until we delivered them for two months. We've worked like 14 hours a day, seven days a week. And, and did your, I, your husband like hand deliver them to where they needed to go in like Chicago? Because sure like did. you were like, I can't trust this to UPS or FedEx or like this has to be hand delivered. Yes. But it was really crazy. I mean, because especially because my husband is such a, a realist, right? Mm-hmm. And he's one of those people who likes to have plans for all the possible contingencies before mm-hmm. you say yes to something. So he is never, ever, ever going to be the person that says yes if he's not 100% sure that he can do something. Mm-hmm. I am the kind of person that it's like, I'm not going to deal really with too many what ifs unless I have to. You know, mm-hmm. if that possibility, you know, like if that problem comes up, I will deal with it when it comes up, but I don't have the headspace or the time or the energy to waste on planning for a scenario that might not happen. Mm-hmm. So the whole job really made him super uncomfortable <laughs> Like for me to even say yes to this. He was like, this is crazy. Like, how are you even going to do this? And he, I wouldn't say he travels a lot, but like he travels for work relatively often, like mm-hmm. three or four year he's gone for you know a week at a time and or longer and I told him I was like look this is a job of a lifetime if I can pull this off I'm gonna make your annual salary and profit in two months <laughs> like this is the windfall that I have been busting my ass for for freaking 15 years really hustling hard to do something like this that is gonna be the kind of money that can help us renovate our house you know mm-hmm. like this is me actually getting paid for all this time that I've spent, you know, focusing on this business and, and not being with the kids all the time. And as like, you have to pretend like I'm working out of town for two months and you're going to really quickly realize all the shit that I do when you're not here, because mm-hmm. I'm not going to be doing it. <laughs> he was like, wait, what? And I was like, you're going to have childcare help. My stepmom was still coming like four days a week. And I was like, but you're going to have to like figure out what to cook the kids for dinner. And if they're sick at school or whatever, you're going to have to go get them. I have to do this every single day. It's in the same building. I'm right downstairs, but like, I can't take a day off. Like I cannot between now and when we deliver these. So I was like, you have to be Mr. Mom and you're going to have to do the laundry and you're going to have to like, you know, do the mental labor of running the household and dealing with the kids and cooking food and bringing it downstairs to make sure I don't starve. Like you're going to have to do that. Mm -hmm. And he's kept coming up with like, but what if this, but what if this, but what if this? And then one day I just like put my hand over his face and I was like, I love you. But all I really need from you is for you to be like, you're amazing. You're fucking fantastic. You're beautiful. I don't want to have sex with you every day. Like (laughs) that's all I needed to hear. I didn't need any negativity. All I need is a cheerleader. I was like, that's what I need in my life right now. Mm -hmm. I need you to like every single day be like, you fucking got this. Let's kick ass and take over the world you know, let's do it. And he stepped up and it wasn't easy for him. (laughs) It was not great for our relationship, 
but it really in the long run was great for our relationship because it made him respect the fact that my work is valuable and important. And it made him respect all of the things that I did that he didn't know about mm-hmm. every single day. And he was like, wow, this is really hard. I'm like, no, fucking shit's really hard. And you have four <laughs> days of childcare every day. You're like not trying to manage kids while you're, you know, actually working at the same time. Like you get to go to the, go to your job and stay there all day. And while you're there, you're just working and you come home with a paycheck and that's that, you know, I was like, you're yeah. not doing all this multitasking while you're actually working either. And Mm -hmm. that's way harder. It's way harder than just going to work and coming home and then then dealing with everything. Ugh, I'm struggling to hire the right people for my team. Oh, you need L21 Solutions. Uh, But I don't want to use a recruiting agency. L21 Solutions is an agency. They help employers who feel stuck learn to recruit so they can hire quality talent. Sounds like I need L21 Solutions. Yeah, they offer a one-hour recruitment audit for only $247. That's less than I spend on a job posting. Visit L21Solutions.com to schedule your recruitment audit today. Rate is subject to change. Girl, where have you been? I haven't seen you at work in a while. Girl, I quit and started my own business. Really? That's amazing. How did you do it? Well, I've been listening to this Beauty Boss Millionaire podcast, and it really helped me change my mindset from an employee to a CEO. All that from a podcast? Yes, the Beauty Boss Millionaire walks you through the process of starting a business and making your first million. I need that in my life. I need someone to help me. Just go to beautybossmillionaire.com or pull it up on your favorite podcast app. It's time to boss up so yeah i said yes we made shit tons of money i paid o- over hundred and thirty thousand dollars in salary to people in my community who were underemployed during covid or unemployed i help people repair their houses i help people pay off debt i help people support themselves and that was fucking amazing it was amazing we finished making them at midnight on the last possible day that <laughs> we could have finished making them. The next morning I had a skeleton crew, like three or four people came in. We legit were blow drying them on the rack to make sure that they were dry enough to put them in a box. We loaded them on the truck and my husband drove them to Chicago because I literally did not trust any other like hired delivery company to guarantee that they would get them there and not fuck it up. Yeah. And I was like, we can't lose one box. Like, there's no way that we could do this. Like, I have to fulfill the entire order at once. So he drove them to Chicago in a rented box truck. And he got them to the warehouse where they needed to be like 30 minutes before they closed on the day they were due. (laughs) It's insane. But we did it. And it turns out that the contract that... The company that hired us had a contract with Lowe's for their spring garden giveaway. I didn't know any of that at the time. All I knew is that they were making, um, they had these biodegradable pinatas and they wanted to put seed bombs in them. Mm-hmm. So they ended up taking all of our seed bombs and putting them in these biodegradable pinatas and giving them away at Lowe's all across the country. It's so cool. It's such a cool story. And like, I just love it so much because I think that like you practiced using your like saying yes muscles in incremental steps that once you got that opportunity, 
like you said, that you've been working so hard for, you were able to say yes. And you asked for the support that you needed. You said, this is what I need. I need a cheerleader. I don't need a what if person. I don't need the realist right now. I need a cheerleader. And he was able to give that to you. And it's so cool. And you wanted to see what was on the other side of yes, whether it was failing miserably or succeeding triumphantly. Like either of those options were okay for you because you were so dead set on seeing what was on the other side of yes. And the ripple effect. And I think there's so many connections between the garden and what we do. And like you held seeds in your hands that then transformed people's lives. Like between the seed bombs, between those seed bombs and your employees and what they were able to do and like impacting their life. And then the like half a million pinatas that were out there, like, and I'm sure that there are flowers from your seed bombs that are still blooming today because of what you did and like what you created and what you said yes to. Like, I just think it's so, it's so amazing. Yeah. I love that story so much. Saying yes to that was terrifying. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. Like I legit woke up in like sheer panic attacks at like four o'clock in the morning, every Mm -hmm. single, almost every single day of that job. But as soon as I got down to the studio and saw all these people, these busy little bees working Mm -hmm. together, like all working together to this common goal. Um, And we had like high school kids who had never had a job before who came and worked after school. Mm -hmm. And we had retirees who came out of retirement because they were bored during COVID and wanted something else to do. Mm -hmm. We had immigrants, we had people who didn't speak English, you know, there was like, you know, every different diverse background of people we all had working together. And my main crew, like my, my management crew on this job uh, was all women and and non-binary people. Like holding it down, hefting 50 gallon, you know, like five gallon buckets, (laughs) pounds over their head, over over and over and over and over again, all day long. Yeah. And like all of these freaking badass women yeah, held it down and said yes to something that was totally fucking insane. <laughs> that was <laughs> so cool. We did it. But saying yes was terrifying, but saying no to something like that was so much scarier for me. Mm-hmm. You know, like that was me. Like if I had said no to it, it was me giving in to all those I hate to say, it, but like all those fucking dudes and all those mm-hmm. freaking networking meetings who were like, that's not possible. You could never make a profit if you made everything by hand. No one wants to buy things. No one's going to write in a journal again. Everyone's going to send evites forever, blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah. And I was like, yo, you just wait. <laughs> you just wait, you know? Yeah. Hey, if you like this episode, check out Getting Real with Bossy, where we chat about what it's like to be a woman business owner. You'll hear interviews with women who are doing what it takes to succeed and the reality of what that looks like. We cover all the topics, figuring out the rules and regulations, navigating business partnerships, even if that's your spouse, motherhood while running a business, working within your values, and all the ups and downs of being the boss. 
Are you ready to get real? Pop over to our podcast, Getting Real with Bossy. I hate that we have to even wrap up this conversation, but I do want to get into our lightning round questions. Yes. What is a must-read book for you? The Way of the Peaceful Warrior by Dan Millman. Oh, I've never heard of that. Wow. It is such an amazing book. I read it for the first time when I was a sophomore in college. A friend of mine handed it to me. And when I opened it, there were a bunch of names inside the front cover. And he said, when you're done reading this, add your name and give it to someone else. Oh. This book is like the most magical story and a self-help book, a meditation book, an overhaul your interior life book in disguise. Like you read it and you're like, this is the best story ever. Like there it's, it's borderline, like magical. Like there's a lot of shit in it. They're like, that couldn't, that, did that really happen like that? <laughs> you know, like there's a lot of that kind of stuff, but yeah, uh, kind of in between all of the stories that are in it are these just little nuggets of wisdom. And if you don't know who Dan Millman is, he has been writing for decades. He is amazing. And I'm pretty sure I own like every book he's ever written. But uh, that book in general, I've probably read it 15, 20 times. And every single time I've read it, it changes my life. Wow. I know what I'm going to be ordering today. (laughs) What does creativity mean to you? Uh, What does creativity not mean to me? (laughs) Um, No, creativity for me is... That's like my lifeblood, you know, like creating things. If it's connections with people, making artwork, making music, making poetry, making people, um, Mm -hmm. just creating something when there's nothing. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't necessarily believe you can create something out of, you know, quote unquote, nothing. um, Because I really, truly believe that, you know, all matter is merely energy condensed and, you know, it never is created or destroyed. It changes from one form to another. So um, for me, creativity and creation is like taking the energy and the lessons and the consciousness of all these things in the universe that have existed forever and recombining them into a combination that has never been put together before and sending it back out into the world. Mm. So cool. Um, What is the best piece of advice you've ever received? It would be something that my mom told me on the first day of kindergarten when I came home and told her that kindergarten was boring. They wanted me to color in a dinosaur and I was already like writing poems in cursive and I was going to the gifted and talented school. So like, this is like, this is it. (laughs) Like, this is as smart as I was going to get school wise. And I was like, mom, kindergarten is boring. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And she said, do it because you can, not because anyone's going to make you. Hmm. And at the time I was kind of like, what are you talking about? You're crazy. You know, whatever. I didn't really understand it, but it stuck with me. And she said it all the time, all the time. Like, just do it because you can, not because someone's going to make you do it. And she was like, if you are able to do the thing that's asked of you, do it. Show them that you know how to do it and they'll leave you alone. You can do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. You know, especially with school. It's like, oh, they want you to color a dinosaur. Make it the best damn dinosaur you've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And then you can sit in the corner and write poems while everyone else is still coloring because you're already done, <laughs> you know. But I I take that advice into everything else that I do in my life. You know, like life is short, 
And, you know, it can be, parts of it can be really long and tedious and, and exhausting and whatever. But in general, the time that we are alive on this planet compared to the time that life has happened on this planet is like, you know, even less right. than, a, you know, like it's nothing. So I think that's part of what makes me a yes person. She used to say it all the time. Are you able to do this? Are you mm-hmm. able? I'm like, yeah, I am. And there's a lot of people who aren't. So, you know, yeah. if, I'm, if I could do something, I'm going to do it. You know, like last night, there was like, can you play three shows in one night? Yep, I can. Can you do three half hour long performances in one night? Get home at three o'clock in the morning and then go to the office the next day? Yep, I'm able to do that. Not every day, but. So last question is, what is the coolest shit you've done in the last year or that you're currently working on? Oh, man. It's definitely two different things. I mean, like, whenever I'm working on a new project, it always feels like the coolest thing that I've done in a long time because it's mm-hmm. new. It's something usually something that I haven't done before. But the coolest thing that is coming up for me is not even something that's going to like bring any money into my company. But there's a local organization that is called the Veterans One Stop. And they are this organization down the street from where my studio is, and they provide counseling and services and a gym and community and trauma therapy and all sorts of stuff for veterans for free. They got donated a ton of pairs of leather boots, brand new leather leather boots from some factory that was closing down. And they came up with the idea to give those boots to local artists, all different kinds of local artists to have them turn those boots into works of art to raise money for veterans. So they asked if I wanted a pair of boots (laughs) to to reboot, um, which is what the program is called. So I am going to be creating a work of art out of a pair of leather boots. And the way that the, the fundraising works is that they have chosen a bunch of local businesses And they're going to give the businesses one boot from the pair. And the business is responsible for kind of like fundraising a certain amount of money in order to get the other one. You know, at the end of the fundraising effort, they're going to have like a big reboot, you know, repairing celebration where all of um, the companies come and bring the boot that they've had at their businesses to rejoin it with the pair. And during the whole fundraising effort, the other half of each pair will all be on display at the center all together. And that's so cool for me. This project is, it's kind of a heavy thing. My brother was a veteran. Both of my grandfathers were veterans, but I am decorating my pair of boots in honor of my brother who served in Iraq uh, as a medic and lived in a burn pit. And it's now like coming out that so many soldiers have permanent agent orange type illnesses from serving in that situation. And a couple of years after my brother finally got out of Iraq and came back and was out of the military and, you know, living a quote unquote normal life. um, After doing that, he got cancer. Mm. And within six weeks of his diagnosis, he stayed in a coma for the whole time and he died. And I'm so sorry. The military, um, unfortunately, was not really recognizing that spending time served in burn pits like that was so detrimental to soldiers' health. I mean, they knew it. Of course they knew it. But they weren't acknowledging that. And they were not giving out like wounded warrior type benefits for something like that. 
So I am putting this pair of boots together in honor of my brother and uh, all the things that he taught me about life and like in honor of his memory and his service, but also to raise awareness about the fact that there's going to be so many more soldiers like him Mm -hmm. and so many more people who live in Iraq that have that problem and other war zones because we just don't care about what kind of waste we leave behind. So that's that's my big project that I have coming up. So that's really cool. I can't wait to see that. And thank you for sharing that story and, and everything around it. And it, it really like rounds out our conversation around like grief and healing and saying yes. And like sometimes serving the world impacts and like serving one person and, and create such ripple effects and so much impact. And like, it's just so beautiful what you've, you've created and what you've done and what you've said yes to. And, and I can't wait to see like just more and more and more from you. So this, this was really, really great. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope that you got some inspiration out of it and just feel like fired up to go out into the world and say yes to new opportunities that you're not quite sure where they're going to go. Again, thank you to our sponsor for L21 Solutions. Make sure you check out their free event about creating a pipeline for fresh top tier talent um, September 19th at the Pittsburgh Public Library. If you did enjoy this episode, make sure you subscribe to High Vibe Table Talks and we will see you all next week because it's high time you go after your high vibe.